You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Random Car Guys, myself and Heath. Is this episode three or four? Uh, I get them mixed up between the random car guys and the other ones. But I, I think, think we've this done is, three. Think this, is four. this is four. Yeah, okay, four. cool. Anyway, compl- uh, yeah, again, good. completely different uh, area of cars. We've done good with the whole random car theme, right? Yeah, this is very, yeah. So, different on the spectrum. Definitely. I'm today. Call higher quality. Yes. Today's guest is Reza Karanki. Thanks so much, mate, for taking the time out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, cool office, cool space. Glad we could come here and... Uh, share some stories i'm sure a lot of people follow you on social media and see you at you know cars and coffee and stuff like that and see all the cool stuff that you drive but i want to go back i want to see where like you know tell me your first car was a complete banger and all this story or whatever it is like that's kind of the goal for today and and this is definitely for people listening going to be a two-part one maybe even a three-part we'll see how it goes um but you know where does i guess the love of cars come from for you yeah, I mean, that, so that does start back. Um, if we go really far back, it goes to, uh, honestly, probably a, it wasn't even a Lego set. It, so I, I was born in England and I had what I was foreign to me, a Chevrolet is what I called it, a Chevrolet <laughs> pickup truck. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. Fair. You yeah. Know, yeah. Model yeah. that I had to put together. And it, uh-huh. was, it wasn't a Lego, it was something, something similar. Yeah. And I just, I love putting it together. And that was the first exposure to cars and then there was a timeout button for maybe five or six years so I moved to the US when I was 11 and um, here you know in England public transportation is much more of a thing you walk to school you don't mm-hmm. you don't drive or ride a bus so that whole concept was relatively foreign to me so the first thing I noticed going to school uh, was just cars everywhere mm-hmm. and it just wasn't something that you really saw outside of teachers' cars. So um, fast forward a little bit, turn 16, a good friend of mine gets a Trans Am. Uh, He gets a a 94 white, uh, low wing, what what they called back then, they had, it was a non-GT. Back then on the LT1 cars, the GTs were the high wings and they had the Firebird. I mean, you probably could have just done the L- LT1. Yeah, LT1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. LT. Which ones did you have? The LT or LS? So yeah. he had an LT1 Trans Am, right? And uh, yeah. his name was Nick. And I just fell in love with that car. Um, it was also around the same time that the Fast and the Furious came out. So uh, It caused uh, a lot of people to get confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I got confused. So my yeah. actual first car outside of drive. So I drove um, my dad's pickup truck for you know the first six months uh, of being 16. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the six months of being 15 and a half to, to learn to drive. So I drove my dad's pickup truck for about six months whenever he let me. And I, dro- I bought a 1998 Mitsubishi Eclipse RS manual. Five-speed manual was the only thing I cared about. I got to pick between two. A I don't remember the other trim. I think it was a GS, which mm. was... I don't think I knew this. Power right. windows, power everything, you know, a bit automatic. I was like, no. I want yeah. the RS. I want the, the RS. The manual, manual, <laughs> manual windows, 14-inch wheels, 116 horsepower, just... Going backwards down the highway. Exactly. <laughs> but, it was, <laughs> but it was a manual. And I was like, yeah. perfect. Uh, I need to, I need fast, to put right? a god-awful yeah. exhaust on it, which is the first thing I did. I just did the Fast yeah. and the Furious yeah. thing. Um, 
two rolls of parking lots. Like. Well, yeah, so Fast and Furious thing, you know, kind of just awful car. Silver, um, I remember going to a, like a neon local... LEDs? Had the windshield sprayer I LEDs. I did that. I did that on a truck, I too. Those. I was guilty yeah. of that when I was 16. Got pulled that. over on 39th Street for those. Uh, apparently, forward-facing blue lights are illegal. Yes, uh, they so, are. So, yep. yeah, so anyway, so I had that car for six to eight months, and I was going through clutches, like three of them. <laughs> and my dad was like, learn to drive. Yeah. And I said, I know how to drive. So lot. so I started my first tinkering job, taking the thing apart, and I found I had a hole in my clutch line. Mm. And so I was, eventually I was shifting the thing dry, and it was yeah. just, mm-hmm. you know, it was just blowing clutches. So yeah. got a new clutch line, um, teaching myself somewhat how to work on cars. I mean, going back now, it's two bolts in the line. But right. um, get that bubbles. fixed. Got, got clutch fluid in it, bleed it. I'm like, okay, I got to go test this thing. So 17-year-old kid, 16-and-a-half-year-old kid, go on a back road, which is where I lived back then, oh, good. and decide, okay, I'm just going to run this through all the gears, but I need to run it through all of them at full throttle to make sure it works. <laughs> so, you know, so 116 horsepower, yeah, 116 yeah. horsepower, 3,000-something pounds. It takes a while to get there. I'm going to say, how far a run did you get there? Two miles. So <laughs> through a stop sign, which was, you know, and this was... I was 16, so this is statute of limitations mm-hmm. is well up on the uh, the speeding part of that thing. Right. So anyway, go through all five gears, right? And the, I'm going back towards my parents' house, which is kind of on the other side of the hill. Right. So I come back over, and um, on the other side of my parents' house is this entry road, and this truck mm-hmm. is pulling out oh, very okay. slowly, coming around the corner. Right. And I'm quite literally in front of my parents' house doing this in fifth gears, as loud as the thing will go. And I know that if I don't kind of move over, I'm probably going to hit the truck because the road's relatively narrow. And um, there's some gravel between the asphalt surface, my parents' grass, and, you know, so Mm -hmm. I kind of slide onto that. Wheels lock up on the the eclipse, and I spin uh, down this back road. uh, Hop a what is, I guess, just a, a recess for water to run through, mm-hmm. miss a foam pole, go through a horse fence. And take. I remember, I can still see it now, looking out my passenger window, I see the glass become opaque from, like, breaking but not shattering. Right. It takes a pole, and I literally land right next to a horse. <laughs> and I'm just... <laughs> I'm over there and I'm thinking, okay, my parents are right there. Did it, you know, one, what did they see? And two, am I like, am I okay? Right. So car's dead, turn it back on. Um, and I try to go back under the horse fence and the fence is lower than the car somehow. (laughs) Okay. How do I get out of here? Cause I'm in my neighbor's yard at this point. Um, so I back it up and I just ran through it and it was the cable, the cable that was lower. So obviously the cable raised up to get me through and I just kind of pushed back through it again. Um, pull in my driveway. I have a pole dent in the side of my car. Yeah. And I go inside and I just tell my dad, hey, I'm I'm not sure if I'm hurt. I remember that's the first thing I said. So I was thinking <laughs> that shocked. will not get me in trouble if I'm hurt. Right. Yeah. So he's like, okay, let's go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. Oh, you um, and then we'll deal with you. Pull up to the, yeah, exactly. Pull up to the hospital. We go to the ER. They're like, okay, it's about two hour wait. I'm like, we're good. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah. I'll take we, my punishment yeah, now, please. We go home. We go home. And my dad's like, you're in trouble. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, so six months later, you know, six months of no driving, cars total, can't do anything oh, with rough. it. And then somehow, six months later, mm-hmm. wrecking a 116 horsepower car, through inspiration of Nick, I buy an LS1 Trans Am. So um, this is where it started. This is where it just, so that's where it first started. Okay. 98 LS1 Trans Am. Yeah. 
joined uh, the Central Oklahoma F-Body Association, COFPA back then, and that was where just performance stuff Mm -hmm. in general just took over. So Mm -hmm. long story in the beginning, but that was was the beginning, and and COFPA was... Uh, was a wreck. Yeah, it was a wreck. Of, you know. I'm gonna be honest. I was I was worried through all that, and I was afraid it was a one two one. No, I didn't know how far. No, back those, were, those <laughs> were much later and much more expensive. And, and yeah, that was. I was there for one. I, yeah, one of them. Yeah, those, those were much me. later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the beginning of it. So um, yeah. I can attribute so much of it to the Fast and the Furious. I think. Uh, yeah, like but, a lot of people. Can. Yeah. You know, there was a coach at one point that told me a few years ago. He said, you know. There's something about performance which which you like, mm-hmm. and I, I would agree with that. But there's something about performance and precision that just it aligns with me. I mm-hmm. like it. I don't like it when it's not there. And mm-hmm. if I can look back in these different areas of things that I do, whether it's cars or or anything else, there's an element of performance and precision that I just like. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm very grateful that mm-hmm. I like those things. Right. But they're in me somehow that can be very expensive yeah it, and, it can uh, it can really break your heart it can be very expensive but yeah. what's cool about it is, is it can also produce the means to support it which is what so, we've always talked about exactly forever yeah, yeah. it definitely it does push you yeah. to give some context is that i feel like it's always important interesting story good background people listening like you know what what, what is the level of car guy so let's start from the trans am which i know at some point it got up to like a two three hundred shot of nitrous and god knows what else <laughs> yeah and then so if you could do like a quick reader's digest of like sure. the car the mod the power and then everybody's gonna so be like, i actually oh, okay. i actually kept a tally of different cars and it's something over 40 at this point uh which is it's a significant amount so i had four trans ams the the latest of which was a you know it's a 396 um d1sc pro charger car uh, with a just a big stall, and it was a 1050 at 130 type car yeah. uh, in the quarter mile. Um, from that, I went to a Viper, um, ended up tur- twin turbo in that car, and I did that on a $30,000 a year, you know, salary in yeah. uh, just a lot of saving, a lot of a, a lot of cheap food, yeah. and waiting to find the right car. And did a lot of the work yourself. It, yeah, yeah, a lot of the work yeah. yourself took it. You know, once I saved up the money to get it done, it took a year in the shop just because it was taking me time to pay for things. Yeah. Um, so uh, went from the Viper, sold that uh, into uh, a 911 Turbo. Um, very light modifications there, just wheels and lowering. Went from that into my first uh, Lamborghini, uh, a, a Gallardo. That was a six-speed car. Uh, relatively rare uh, at that point. Uh, went through a couple of was R8s. That red? Uh, that one was red. Yeah, that's when red. I first met you, and that's when I moved up here. Yeah, so it was a red car. Uh, ended up um, Ricky ended up buying it uh, yep. in Dallas. It ended up being a twin turbo car, and he ran and, for a long time. Yeah, ran for a long time very well. Um, and uh, so that was my first Lamborghini. Uh, I went from that into uh, a couple of R8s, um, Audi R8s. Um, a couple of Aventadors uh, from there, um, then into uh, really back into a Gallardo. So I got a uh, a white six-speed Gallardo. That car went to Underground Racing for the the big build, and that was technically a three R. It was one of I think two or three that they yep. built before they called them the X versions. Uh, so that I competed in uh, the Texas Invitational. I missed one prior to that. Uh, I had a GTR that was built by T1. It was one of the really early yeah, I was telling uh, big builds by T1. Uh, that car in 2012 or 13 went eights at 170 in the quarter mile, which were 
it was unheard of no, back then, especially the for a streetcar yeah. outside of really the AMS uh, Omega, uh, yeah. which was their project car. Mm -hmm. uh, so fast forward through a lot of different cars and quite a few different dailies. Mm -hmm. uh, today I sit with uh, an Aventador, a 720S, um, a, uh, I just sold um, my twin turbo Blanc paint, uh, Giardo. I still have the, the Performante and then um, which is I my favorite the, car of your lineup. Taycan coming, the performance With gold wheels. Oh, I have a thing for gold yeah. wheels. I have a thing for lowering cars on wheels. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's constant. You know, like it, HRE. Yeah. I chased HRE for a long time, and I just, for the longest time, mm -hmm. I couldn't justify the, the cost of them. And yeah. then I got my first set, I think, used, and I remember putting them on. I was like, oh, this is... Is, is that for, what it is then? It's just like just purely aesthetic it's thing the, for you? No, it's the precision of it. Because uh, they're light it, too, right? It's that, but it's it's the, um, I'm almost liking it to a watch. It, okay. it is the precision of the craftsmanship of mm -hmm. it. There, I remember my first set, um, I think was on, I want to say it was on the Giardo, and I had gone from a set of ADV1s, uh, which was a relatively new company. Yeah, you were on that. They were a spinoff yeah. from a company called um, 360 Forged. Yep. Uh, and I remember putting those on, like, okay, yeah, these are nice, these are cool. Uh, they were on my white twin turbo car. And then I got a set of HREs. And it's one of those things that you don't notice, like the sharpness of the edges, mm -hmm. the precision of the machine, the quality of the finish. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, I put, I, I unpackaged them. I was like, oh, I get it. That's the thing. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, like, I get it. It's almost like, when you, you know, immediately justified. It really is like a watch. It's like when you see like a, um, you know, a normal watch that you get, you know, like a, a basic Casio watch and you compare it to like a, a Rolex or something. Mm -hmm. You're like, online and in pictures, you don't see the difference. Yeah. And in the flesh, you say, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And it just stroked mm -hmm. that performance precision thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, and once it. you get there, I mean, I did I did a lot of cast wheels just off budget, yeah. right? And you know, they're they're the weight imbalances of them are mm -hmm. not very strong. They're they're kind of limited in, in some of the design. And then once you know, going to forge stuff or like you know, business and personal, you're even at the level of forge mm -hmm. is more like an entry level yeah. uh, from a guy that actually started 362 came out of that. Yeah, you know, Belgian Scott Gibson. Uh, man, it's awesome on it, and it's just the weight, and they are, yeah, they are just. And the safety of it. I mean, really, I mean, yeah. that that car made a little over two thousand horsepower to the tires. It was going, you know, back then, yeah. just shy of two hundred miles an hour at the Texas Invitational, which back then was, I mean, that was, I think, the highest trap. I went one ninety four six. I think the highest trap speed at that event was one ninety six. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you're going two hundred miles an hour on really what is a runway, and. Mm -hmm. I, the last thing I want are wheels that break could do opposed yeah. to right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a safety element of it too. And there's just something knowing it's, I, it's I imagine. Peace of mind, man. Yeah. It, there's something to Cause it. Cause you don't have peace of mind. You don't have confidence in those things and you, or you sacrifice something. You, yeah. You sacrifice your ability to kind of execute and think through that. Yeah. I don't think you realize the, the mental toll, um, that's going through your mind on all those things. And that's just one less thing you know, to worry about really. Yeah. Uh, so so I've currently, had of close calls with having sketchy safety equipment. So yeah. I'm a full believer on doing it right. Yeah. Currently, you don't have like a V8 or muscle then. No, in lineup, I don't. Which, which you've is, always kind of had. Which is so funny. Yeah, yeah. because it, it it was funny because even as a 16 and 17 year old kid, I was like, I'm an English kid in Piedmont, Oklahoma. The last thing I should have is a V8 muscle car. And there's just been something <laughs> right. about them yeah. that's attracted me. So I have played with the idea of getting um, a, a Formula Firehawk just whenever I had the. The Trans Am, those were the those were it. Uh, so I played with the idea of that. I've been looking loosely at Pro Touring or Resto Mod mm -hmm. um, 
really split window or not split window sorry split bumper camaros uh really? the, like 72 just camaros. totally smooth it out just yeah something just totally different but forced you know fuel injected irs you know totally restored in the way you know you'd want it to drive today mm-hmm. but still having that there's still something to that muscle car flair and to be honest i got away with it with the vipers for a while okay. they have yeah. that similar feel oh, they have that five. similar muscle car front engine big engine big displacement kind of rowdy sound mm-hmm. rear wheel drive feel i got away yeah. with it with those for a while you had a ford gt too right i did i've had two yeah so i had um that red one yeah i bought a gray um a gray one from um bernie Katz at bj motors in houston uh, it was a, a hefner twin turbo car a very mm-hmm. old version of it so it was very <laughs> laggy it was yeah. stock you know naturally aspirated power boost comes on and blows the tires off it was useless yeah. on the street but it was yeah. really fun uh, and i bought a red <laughs> car from um um from roy katz um at katz exotic and that was bone stock mm-hmm. i sent that to m2k motorsports in houston and that was like one of their first uh early one, yeah, one out. yeah for the streetcar stuff because yeah. they owned the mile record for a while in yeah. okay. gt mark heidecker stuff uh, yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. um but that car we kept the factory blower we put smaller turbos on it yeah did an e85 fuel system uh and it was on a basic i don't even remember what ecu it was on but the car made a thousand wheel horsepower thousand wheel torque on e85 i put good tires on it and it i mean it dead hooked it mm-hmm. was that's probably one of the two or three i regret so yeah, yeah one yeah, i still remember there's probably seeing, two because i used to work off of britain and the access road Broadway extension north mm. i think you laid some unreal yes. and i saw him for like the next week or two after because i don't think it rained still for a little a great, bit yeah i still have a great video of yeah. that um yeah we were trying to it's figure drop a clutch that was before i put good tires on it so it was on michelin, right, it was on michelin. Sport it, cup you can literally see the michelin <laughs> it was on, you can see the mark in it it was yeah. on sport cup twos and i just yeah. remember hearing people saying these need heat good. to stick so okay let's see how much heat yeah. we can get in these things yeah. so we put it in first gear Revved it up, dropped the clutch, and just did a burnout down yeah, the access road. Yeah, that because yeah. overheat. And so kind of, yeah, so it did. Yeah. And then, you know, so kind of coasted for a little bit and then hit it, and it was perfect. And then after that, we put uh, Nito NTO5Rs on it, yeah. uh, which were narrower, but they, they hooked I up. broke some yeah. rear on those. Yeah, so yeah sticky. sticky tire. Yeah. But it worked so well. And those are Dana 44 rears anyway, yeah. so, I mean, they're strong. such a strong. What's the other car you regret selling? You said two. Um, the Speciali. I was yeah, hoping really. you said the that was one of my favorite cars in the world. It was incredible. I mean, so I before that, it was my Scuderia. So I had yeah, a yeah. 430 Scuderia. And prior to that, one of my earlier exotics was a F430 base car. So okay. uh, non-Scuderia. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting down with a good friend of mine, Andy. And we were at lunch, and this was probably three years ago. And he said, hey, which one do you miss? And I had never been asked that before. And I instantly said 430. It's like, okay, I wonder where that came from. Yeah. So that night... I looked. I was looking yeah. for four thirties and scuds, and I always wanted a scud. Uh, and I found one. Roy Katz had it actually. Yeah. I found one. Messaged him. I think I bought it the next day or two. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then when the Speciali came out, I was like, Oh no, I want that. And they did not come off sticker for, I think, oh, a year or two. Because yeah. you had the four, the scud for a while. Yeah. So I had the scud and the Speciali at the same time. Um, so I finally found a Speciali that I wanted: white car, black hood, or black roof, uh, every piece of carbon option that you could get. And just fell in love with it. It was everything that the Scud was with none of the sacrifices. Yeah. So it was an incredible car. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Handles incredibly. Took it to Hallett. 
Uh, I've seen that video. Ran That's a right. really good yeah. time. I don't remember it, but I know a mm-hmm. good friend of mine has ran extremely well there. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was I think, that day. Yeah, yeah, half a second ahead of his it. best time. Yeah. So it was at least up until that point. So that car is incredible. Yeah. And just so, if you ever You see people feel, come back to those. You, I like think I will. A year ago and they come back to them. I think I will. I mean, Especially it really does like a, feel like an extension. Like and it's not too much power to where you can't use it right. on the street or Fully controllable. get, the, get yeah. the sound out of it. Yeah. So you know, I could go through this office complex and not get in yeah. a huge amount of trouble yeah. just to get all the way through the rev. So in uh, a lot of the cars now, you... You can't, so yeah. What uh, you know, manuals have always seemed to be a thing. You don't have a manual in the no. So, the other thing that I've been entertaining is a GT3 touring in a with a manual. Please Uh, do that. So, I would love (laughs) one of those. And the Taycan is kind of taking that. It was, I was really deciding between the Taycan and the GT3, and just looking back and forth, I was just thinking, okay, I think the GT3s are always going to be there, so I can always get one. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm running out of room, so I am out of room. and the next step is okay. I've got to find some Storage. some building mm-hmm. that I can just a way man cave it yeah. right and mm-hmm. start to actually keep some of the because when I have over four, uh, I either have to use my portico at home or just stay at four. So um, yeah, the a GT3 touring is one that I've wanted. But there's something about a six speed that I feel yeah. like I need to have. In the I just love really that is. in the in the Porsches and the GT3s you can basically flat shift oh yeah like i absolutely that oh, it's just the that was the best thing ever the no lift shifting was probably one of my favorite parts about ti and that was something i was actually yeah. really proud of myself about it because uh we were comparing shift speed times of the the basically the automatic cars mm-hmm. to mine mm-hmm. and i was shifting on that car faster than inventador shifts uh in their race mode at yeah. 50 milliseconds and flat foot shifting is just so much fun and then your rev yeah. match shifting and yeah. all that and the gt3s are the same as the speciality yeah. you can use all the power you're not going to get in that much trouble mm-hmm. and they're so well done so yeah that's like an interesting I dynamic one. where you come back to appreciate like you go so far chasing horsepower right and it's like anything mm-hmm. stock horsepower or anything it's just you're not yeah. boring or it's not fun or whatever you have spent an insane amount of money on the horsepower, right? Yeah. So yeah. like that obviously transitioned for you, but was it, and I think probably a lot of people go through that, right? It's, it's just like growing up. It happens the time you grow up, you get family. You know, you, yeah. You like know. what transitioned it? So, yeah. Like what was that transition point? <laughs> racing for you? wallets. I mean that yeah. there was a point where I realized, okay, we're just racing whatever idiot put the most money in their car, you know, at that time yeah. or whoever's willing to put themselves in the most amount of danger. So mm-hmm. the thing to remember about for me about those events is they're put on by guys like us. I mean, they're not put on by professional racing right. organizations. There's no, you know, there right. is EMSA. There is, there is a level of uh, medical attention and fire and all that mm-hmm. stuff there for safety, but it isn't regulated. No. Um, you know, you're going 200 miles an hour in a car that has a safety hoop in it. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, if something happens, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going, you're racing cars that make more power than eight second quarter mile cars who have much more strict safety requirements. And most people are doing it with a helmet on and nothing else. Yeah. So uh, part of it was the safety aspect of it. You know, a couple of guys spun out, not at TI, but some other events, a couple of guys spun out, you know, not too long after one guy passed away. And, you know, it's one of those things where you just realize, okay, this thing has a level of finality to it if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. And I remember, again, Andy and I were having this discussion and we said, you know what? 99% 99% of the world doesn't care about 
<laughs> yeah. 2,000 horsepower right. Lamborghinis, yeah. you know? Yeah. They can't even fathom it. They think uh, you're yeah. making it up. They do yeah. think you're making it up. Yeah. When, you know, I remember I served on a board um, not too long ago, and I was talking about the cars, and, you know, these are older guys, older successful people, and, yeah. and they, they're not dumb. And you tell you, yeah, the car makes 2,000 horsepower. Like, okay, this kid doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. He's talking about his best friend's dad's yeah. you know, brother's car what or whatever, used right? to all the Yeah, tail, so... Yeah. Back when 400 horsepower was unbelievable exactly, for them. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, and you're going, exactly. So I think, you know, one, when I when you realize, okay, you're not chasing, you're not so much racing skill, yeah. you're just racing who put the most money in the car. So you combine that with the safety the safety aspect, and, you know, when you start looking at fiscally... It's kind of like a hollow goal. ...what yeah. you could do with those resources, <laughs> both in contributing elsewhere, like totally independent of yourself, yeah. and then also just what other options you have with cars, you know, mm-hmm. sticking to that subject for the amount of money you put in, you, you know, cause I mean, I would one, two, one shift, uh, or Lamborghini and that's a, that was another car. That, I, that's, <laughs> a, that's a five figure oops, yeah, you know, I and, heard about and that. not 10,000. I mean, it's a, it's a big oops. Yeah. And yeah. that happened twice. Oh, I know. And I you know, <laughs> I know how to drive a six speed, but when Thank you're shifting you. that quick, you hit, you hit that gate and cause you were it's going to go one way or the other. Just remember, cause you were trying to shift faster than automatic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. It's silly when you think about it. Yeah. So well, automatics, like, although shift slower, uh, yeah. apparently are much cheaper. Does anybody yeah, have right? that? Is that on video? The one, two, one? I'm sure it is. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure someone, I, bet I have video Kyle at 1320 probably next to the track on the one that you did at that old uh, the first TX2K or yeah. TI TX2K yeah, the TX2K. circle track yeah. yeah I was there for that yeah. yeah that was my second run in the car it sounded awesome third. like what are yeah. 12,000 RPM 13,500 RPM 13, okay. on yeah. a 9,000 RPM car so <laughs> yeah it was yeah mechanical over yeah. to the moon <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. Done. I can't okay. tell you how quickly I put that clutch in and it did not matter I mean it was just <laughs> the yeah. car whenever it stopped it stopped and would not uh, turn over yeah. again. So, yeah. Okay, this thing's seized up. Literally locked up. Yeah, that yeah. was a painful one. I was I so, yeah, so upset. Uh, Josh Reisman did it too. Oh, I didn't know that. Like he KO'd his motor. Oh, wait a His to go. Evo, like, because it ran lean, ran out of oil on the bank. Oh, fist bump that. That's good to know. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, oh, I, I heard I heard that happened to people, but I didn't know yeah, that happened to him. 50, yeah, fifty something pounds of boost. He's coming around, and then so he hits it a little bit early before the car bounced back out mm. and it starved it and shot a rod through the bottom of it, like oh. instantly on the hit. I got videos of it too. Nice. Yeah. yeah, no, that was painful. But. So, complete ten, complete like other direction. What's yeah. this Taycan like? Because I've seen videos and I've got friends that work a Porsche and they've been in it and they said it, it's it's unbelievable. I've versed myself. I watched the so videos. I got some opinions. It it defies physics. I don't know how it does. From it. someone who's been in cars that do th- two thousand horsepower and all this stuff, like this it, is what geek. This it, is a good def- thing. It, you know, I think it's genius that the the. You know, Tesla and Porsche and all these electric guys are focusing on zero to 60 because it's stoplight and stoplight stuff. That's what people care. That's what real most life people fast. care about. Yeah. You know, the Taycan, interestingly enough, is almost a second slower in the quarter mile than, than a 720S, but it's half a second quicker zero to 60, which yeah. is yeah. incredible. But the car itself is just... It's one of those things where I'm trying to think of, of a comparison because the car weighs... 5,200 pounds. You know, it's well over two and a half tons. That's more than a Range Rover. Uh, it makes, you know, 750, 730 horsepower. So it makes, you know, so my 720S weighs just shy of 3,000 pounds. Yeah. So you take the 720S plus, an, you know, another 70% of a 720S, and you've got a Taycan in the weight. Mm-hmm. They make similar power, and the thing goes half a second quicker, zero to 60, the yeah. Taycan. It's just incredible. So... What it, you know, it really does feel like 
you know, I always remember as a kid, I was like, oh, you know how cool it would be to take a tank back to ancient Egypt? You would just own the whole thing. <laughs> it, it feels like that because it feels yeah. like, you know, you're driving through everything that you're used to. You, you know, so I, there's a, 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 like an underground parking lot here, like in this building. Yeah. And the Taycan is genius in one thing that I do not like about the Teslas is they don't make any sound. Zero. Yeah. And it's just weird. As a, as a car guy, you want sound. You want... Not just for the experience of the mechanical you sound. Need the reference. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you need the, the reference, reference of speed, deal, you know, yeah. and, and RPM and stuff. And the Teslas don't have that. Yeah. And I remember uh, when I first drove the Taycan, it's like I was almost upset because I remember driving an M3 a couple of years ago and we went to go drive it and it sounded really good. And we hit it under a bridge and it sounded like garbage. An I3? Uh, an, M- an M3. Oh, an M3. And okay. I just remember asking the guy, hey, is this synthetic sound? He said, yeah, it's synthetic. We pumped through the speakers. And yeah, so, okay, echo underneath the bridge. And that took over the synthetic sound. I'm like, okay, that's garbage. So I was so disappointed that it was synthetic sound. So I go drive the Taycan, and it makes this, like, type sound. And it's just... You can hear it in videos. It's pretty clear. Yeah, and it sounds... And I I remember asking the guy almost, uh, like, tensed up. And I was saying, I said, is this synthetic? He said, no. It's a magnified gear wind from the transmission. Because you can hear it outside. It's yeah, that's actually, same. yeah, that, that is essentially opened up. Yeah. Because you can option it on and off. And that's why I was concerned because, you know, it comes mm-hmm. on yeah. and it can go completely silent. So the actual driving experience of the thing is so much better than, you know, I've Tesla. driven, I've driven you know, a lot of different Teslas. Uh, a good friend of mine had one of the very early ones. Um, I mean, I rode around with him in 2000 and. 11 I think 2012 mm-hmm. uh, and the thing handles like it weighs 3,000 pounds it stops like it weighs 3,000 pounds it goes like it weighs 3,000 pounds with the same power it I remember I, I watched a review by, by Chris Harris and he said it has yeah. no business doing what it does yeah. yeah and he's absolutely right like I remember um, Jeremy Clarkson saying it's like they put they put witchcraft in and then it goes and that's just how the <laughs> yeah, thing so is it yeah. is it's mind blowing it it I don't I don't really know how to explain it. I'm really I'm speechless well, it's, it a, it's it. a direct drive it really is because yeah. when you talk about the way that it puts down power it's not that they figured out a more you know they have better software yeah. I mean in a way they did because yeah. they coded in how yeah. the motors go mm-hmm. and you have a motor on each individual mm-hmm. wheel and so you measure things in a in yeah a it's got torque vectoring vacuum. rear wheel steer yeah. um, you know Porsche's you know chassis control I mean it is that's like when I mean Tesla showing up and what they did is amazing and they've refined that and I mean Elon's wild and that's probably why they've taken the truck they have but you know it's like when Porsche shows up I think that's what maybe what uh, Chris said he was like you know when Porsche shows up to the party yeah. with this, that's something that you want to pay attention to it's because huge. they are doing a lot of that better and it does and I think what's Porsche's better. mandate everything electric by 20 yeah. 2035 so, something the Boxer the Spider the 911 um, yeah. no 911 is not supposed to it's supposed to be like but they're saying everything electric everything, by, like, because I think yeah. it does coincide to, to you know, the UK really? just moved uh, their mandate back yeah, five years right. that it, you know, they're penalizing all pet. Well, actually, it's illegal. No petrol or, or um, diesel cars. Which is such after nonsense. 2035, which is in, does, does carbon monoxide not feed plants? Um, we carbon could, dioxide does. Carbon monoxide would not do. Carbon dioxide would not say not monoxide. Yeah, carbon yeah. Dioxide. Carbon dioxide would. Carbon monoxide, no. I'm pretty sure right. this kills everything. Well, but um, I was hoping for it. Yeah, no. It, which, kind of what I love about it, though, and even the, the Tesla side of things is. Uh, Elon said a long time ago, he said the whole function of Tesla is to is to fast forward battery adoption in cars. That that was the function of it. And yeah, I think yeah. he's done that. Yeah. Because if you look For at sure. it now, there's an all electric mini. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's 
Um, golf. All these, you know, the yeah, the, the golf, the yeah. the Hummer, a lot. I mean, you just hybridization. Yeah, is, is on everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny because it's like um, I remember talking to uh, a futurist. Uh, so I spent you know a couple of years with Tony Robbins, and, and he had some really exclusive speakers come to a very small group of people. And I remember talking to him, and it, it reminds me of this electric thing. And he was saying, yeah, in the future we're going to have all these robots to do all these mundane tasks that people don't want to do, and people will really just be able to do what they enjoy. Yeah. And I remember going to Matra and said, hey, what is the likelihood that the robot idea is the middle ground and what actually happens is genetic engineering to produce, mm-hmm. you know, organisms to do these things? Yeah. He said, "He said, yeah. He's like, we don't talk about that much because it's weird. But he said, yeah, <laughs> you know, in the future you'll probably have some organism that vacuums the floor and, and like poops, poops um, like um, – uh, like a scent or something that you like, whatever, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, um, uh, like a Febreze type, you know, organ mm-hmm, or whatever. Yeah. And it's how I thought about hybrid, like hybrid, I think is just this middle ground between, yeah. between the typical, you know, ICE internal combustion mm-hmm. stuff, uh, into what is full electric. The interesting yeah. part is how do we handle, how does the electric grid, hand, how does the electric grid handle it? Yeah. How do we do charging? What I like about the Taycan is, is it has the ability that charging, Cool network isn't there too. yet. I mean, I think yeah. eight minutes to eighty percent once the charging networks can support the right kind of current that it needs. Mm-hmm. So well, and also it'll give you full power whenever you want it to. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Not like the Tesla so the, is just like oh, we got you know to where the batteries have to be hot for it to be able to charge efficiently. It's only a two hundred and fifty, and you hook it up to a Tesla that's like a three fifty, mm-hmm. but it can it still took like fifty minutes to charge eighty percent of it. The the test. Porsche. Yeah, yeah. It needs. Um, I think it need. I think it's rated at six fifty. Uh, is what it can take. Uh, they're just, I'm just going off the one video. The, yeah, the charger. Sure. I just don't believe that they don't have the charging. To, the battery technology is there. Yeah. The charging technology isn't there. It's what the, the they were sharing. Yeah. So ideally, I think ultimately eight minutes in um, for 80% charge is what they were shooting for. Yeah. Once the charging tech catches up, and they, I think they said it will be two or three years behind the actual car. Yeah. So it could be crazy. Uh, yeah, because you get it eight minutes and you start taking, and then if, as long as you have that infrastructure, because where people will still say that the Tesla wins is the supercharger network, right? Well, yeah, so Tesla owns the supercharger network. You cannot charge, you know, you yeah. have the Electrify America network, which you can use. That's what they were, that's what they did. They Electrify America, America, yeah, but yeah, the Tesla is exclusively theirs. Yeah. Uh, you cannot use it. I'm sure at some point in the future we'll have a charging lane on the highway that charges like your phone does, yeah. Uh, yeah. but, you know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, right now, hopefully it doesn't create a bunch of tumors in everyone that's driving. But yeah, I, I go back and forth. I've been in some Teslas, and I think it's neat. But it, uh, I guess I see me. Or maybe I'm just joking around with myself that I'd like to have a mix. You know, because yeah. if, if they really do say if if regulation is going to push this to where mm-hmm. electric does take over, and because I have a need for the new and whatever, I'm going to have to go for that. Yeah. Right? It's it, it is what balance because I don't want to replace. Saying that now, it's easy to say. I'm like I don't want to replace the engine. I'm going to drive a 600 horsepower yeah. super truck in the daily. Yeah. Like, I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to remain so, an idiot. As it's a challenge for me because I, I do have, you know, it's the same way I feel about V10 F1. Like, I love the the V10 era of Formula One. Yeah. And we've got this V6 hybrid era. We're getting era. in trouble if we start talking Formula One because that'll I go on a whole Yeah, so yeah, this V6 hybrid era. And I, I feel the same thing about electric cars in that am I cheating? You know, I feel like I'm cheating on someone by. Well, Formula E is garbage. Like, Formula E <laughs> is hard. garbage. And I, you know, it. Yeah, it, I, the, the worst part is they take you know Formula One drivers from before, so it's just like okay, this is clear. This is just a second rate. It's like the XFL. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> it's like powder puff football, really. More. Did you talk about electric cars? Did you see the recent announcement from the Nikola Motor Company that have partnered with uh, 
heavy D trucks. I did, and I think it's really funny they took Nikolai Tesla's first name to name it. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, he's a troll. With, Tesla. with the but, truck guy, you know, the whatever his name is. So this Diesel is one day. of those things when it comes to those. It's funny because that's happening in a bunch of different industries where guys are coming out of nowhere. It's happening in the supercar industry too where you've got – yeah, it looks crazy. Honestly, and it looks like a Tundra to me at the same time. It does, time. yeah. Like Dodge and a Tundra. Um, Nicola maybe. Motor Company so on Instagram. I just, I love, I love the name because it's just, it it's just brilliant. flies in the face of yeah, Tesla. Yeah. It's a but it, you know, it happens with supercars too because you have all, you know, if you rewind what fifteen years ago, twenty mm-hmm. years ago, you have Ferrari, Lamborghini, just a few options, and who else? I mean, I don't really know who else. Well, Aston, you, you maybe. Still, I mean, you had the Koenigsegg intro. You still had. But a, who, who uh, were the primary? Who Noble. Were, who were the ones when we were growing up? Those it were like the brand stuff. Ferrari. Ferrari, Lamborghini. Was oh, there anything yeah. else? Yeah. Maybe Lotus. Audi I mean, came out with the R8, and that was it. Yeah, Audi Lotus, the R8. Lotus. You thought it was a supercar when you were in America, but mm. I think if you were in the UK, no one gave a shit. Realized, oh yeah, yeah, you realized where it actually yeah. slotted no in. It yeah, just may, like maybe TVR, but they, you know, they, yeah, they, they, TVR they, they, just like just like TVR is like the Alfa Romeo. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But, right? TVR like goes to U-Haul TVR. and takes their, takes yes. their turn signals and says, "Okay, cool, this is now." What's road cool about ten or fifteen years ago about the TVRs and the Nobles is that there were only a few people that were nuts enough or had the ability to provide that and even be able to sell something. Built in a shed. And I mean, someone's I back the TVR shed. quite literally. They would go get a turn signal from a truck. Yeah. Yeah. And they would just put it on and say, yeah, it's good. Or they would just make a headlight yeah. and just hope that is it, it, is it, is it like the, <laughs> They wouldn't even get homologated or anything. No. They would just. And more, I mean, Morgan uh, make cars out of wood. Yeah. Like, and they look yeah, great, quite, too. Quite literally. So, so yeah. So, I mean, so, so then you look now, and it's kind of what's happening in the electric car. You know, you yeah. have. Uh-huh. All these different. I mean, what's what's the Dubai company that makes the um, uh, W Motors? Yeah, 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 W Motors. Yeah, yeah, W Motors. You have you have Koenigsegg. You have um, what's the one that Top Gear? Uh, Richard Hammond wrecked. Um, the Rimac. Yeah, Rimac, the Rimac. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. all these manufacturers coming out of. Pagani, I mean, you know, that's probably the most yeah. legitimate one of all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, and he likes, you know, he stuck his niche. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to create extremely overpriced pieces of art. Yeah, and go after yeah that. I mean, and, and he led the way in carbon fiber manufacturing. Sure, I mean, yeah. I think he was the one that actually went and bought an autoclave for Lamborghini on his yeah. own money. When he yeah. was at Lamborghini. And when he was at yeah. Lamborghini to force them to use yeah. carbon fiber. So yeah. he, he really pioneered carbon yeah, fiber in sure. the automotive world. That. But mm-hmm. outside of him... It's kind of what's going on in electric. Like now, I think because of social and yeah. graphic design, everything you can—I mean, we can go pay a graphic designer yeah, and say we're going to build this truck. Yeah. It's yeah. going to make this much power. We're going to use these back, and you can go get deposits. People mm-hmm. have been spending money crazy. and funding yeah. much. Yeah, it's crazy. Things. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think it's—it's it's, yeah. It's what's cool about Rimac too is the way that they—he's gone on the business back end. You know, because I, what did VW just buy? I love the yeah, two. The, the Rimac yeah. concept too is incredible. Yeah, but he I mean, just sold. He developed all that. You were talking about developing a company like Tesla did to push it. Yeah, like they sold the battery tech, right? Yeah, yeah. He developed the best battery tech. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then Porsche and I think everybody, or VW group bought it all. Yeah, well, that so. makes sense because I know that um, because I know that they were talking about you know, better cooling technologies mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, and the heat and everything because back to the yeah. Taycan, the Tesla, it's almost like the Aventador versus the, the Porsches. Yeah. The Aventador, you cannot launch control uh, more than a few times before you get an overheat warning. Yep. You know, the GT3s, because I had a, an Aventador and a GT3 at the same time. And I remember they had written an article and they had literally launched a GT3 a thousand times in a row. Yeah. And, yeah. and fault. zero faults. Yep. The Aventador three or four, and it says, hey, you, you won't let you do it anymore. Yeah. The Teslas are the same. The Taycan, I mean, they say you can go to that thing, the batteries are dead. Yeah, yeah Tesla will overheat. Yeah. 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 It's the incredible. Pulses, yeah. So yeah. it's cool to see when you have someone like Volkswagen Group. 
get in on that bandwagon. Well, they're going to make and what the, can actually the diesel be done. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. Deep, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. hey, listen. The funny thing about Dieselgate is I think they made plenty of money during it, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah, probably just, still, they, yeah, they probably exactly. still landed just great. Yeah. So, they're just going to um, make an SUV for everything, cover the books the, on the back end. They're good the to go. The thing that's cool about, the, about these big guys getting in, and it goes back to what Elon said about just pioneering battery technology for vehicles uh, and, and just adoption in general is – what Tesla has done, especially early on with the resources or lack thereof, yeah. is freaking incredible. And the guy's got a $400 million loan for almost yeah. going out of business, what, 10 years yeah, ago? And all he's if really that, trying to do is go to Mars. That's yeah. Legit, That's, all he yeah. really cares about. Have you read that book that they wrote, the guy wrote about him? Uh, his autobiography? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Ashley Vance, I yeah, think, wrote uh-huh. it. Yeah, I yeah. read it just over Christmas, and he yeah. was saying, like, uh, the one thing I took from it, and it's typical, like, especially with the naming things, is he tried to m- trademark... Uh, Model, model E, e yeah. right? Do you yeah. know this? Yeah. So he's the model funny. S, he's the model S, the model yeah. X, the model Y. Right. Maturity level. Maturity level, yes, right? Yeah. There's, oh, there's an ES. Listen to where it's going. <laughs> That's the only reason. And that, was it Ford wouldn't let him have the yeah, E or whatever so, it yeah, was? Ford, oh, yeah, yeah, Ford had the model E yeah. for their electric prototype because, you know, yeah. model S, yeah. E, X, and Y, and yeah. you would have had, you know. Like, he's just, just a funny guy. But, yeah, I think that's... Uh, um, that's yeah, yeah I thought it was, I thought that was really funny it's a good book but it's an incredible book it's one it of my is. favorite you know I actually gave that to a friend of mine mm-hmm. who ha- who doesn't care about cars doesn't you know he doesn't really care about any of this stuff and he said yeah anybody can read it read. yeah it's really if you're into like Elon and all that uh, Garrett Reisman which was a astronaut and then he now is like basically Elon's right hand man does a lot of the SpaceX stuff he has some great inside kind of like clearing up stuff because you know Elon was on the podcast mm-hmm. yeah. right so there's a lot of topics that came up from that and then yeah. everybody's really interested because I think they got to see a little bit more behind the scenes minus the weed part um, but Garrett kind of has this whole take of it kind of the closest I guess to him of just kind of explaining stuff yeah. it was interesting he was talking he about like what his real intentions are what yeah. he really cared about Tesla and, and really yeah. how his priorities work you know how he gets so into something. It, it was interesting. It, it made really a lot more sense in listening to him on that podcast. If you it was, look at, it's really cool actually. If you um, look at interviews with him and other people, he is very emotionally committed to what he's doing. Oh, hundred percent. Because you saw the interview. Gets, I think gets, it was sixty. He literally pours himself into. Was it sixty minutes right where, yeah, where Neil Armstrong? Yeah. You know, they were talking about Neil Armstrong and and you know wasn't really a and fan of what he was. And he was yeah, he was yeah. crushed. I mean, these are his childhood heroes. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. just denouncing what he was doing. So. What I love about even I've seen a number of different interviews with him of failure and stuff like that about what his take was on it, and it's so freeing to hear the guy's mentality around yeah. not just Tesla but SpaceX and uh, and Solar City and all that because it really is if it doesn't work in his mind hopefully it inspires someone else to go yeah. carry the torch mm-hmm. and yeah it's interesting it's it's pretty incredible and the gigafactories I mean what the guys been up to is yeah it's crazy mind blowing yeah, uh, I think that's a good place to finish part one. Great. We're uh, we only touched on a few things. I'm sure in part two we'll touch on a few other things and yeah, we'll share some more of the story. We have a giant list of stuff. Note, yeah, uh, two topics down. So yeah. awesome. Well, uh, yeah, for everyone listening, we'll uh, pick this up in part two. Catch you in a bit. Thanks. Later. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.